As the war between Israel and Hamas continues to grab the headlines, the battle for social media misinformation heats up as well. Officials from Twitter X and Meta are facing strong criticism about how their platforms are handling the flood of real and fake news coming from the region. Plus, TikTok looks to hold off its ban in Montana, and the recording industry is pushing back hard against AI voice cloning. Coming up on this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everybody. I'm Keith Shaw. Welcome to Today in Tech. The guy behind the cameras is Chris. Hello, sir. Hey, how you doing? Uh, good. Really, you know, I didn't think we were going to be ending up covering this this story, but the this, this, this stuff that's going on in Israel uh, is pretty horrific. And it, if you were a news junkie, uh, there was a lot of news that happened over the last week uh, around this stuff. Um, we want to cover the tech angle of that. And it was just a bunch of misinformation disinformation how is twitter handling it uh or x as it's now called how is facebook slash meta like they've got now instagram and threads that they have to worry about so uh the the big the big two stories were around um the european union which sent a strongly worded letter to open letter to uh both x and uh, meta um as far as we know twitter this week (laughs) x um they responded to the letter. Uh, The letter was basically warning of its failure to clamp down on disinformation and illegal content on the platform circulating in the aftermath of the deadly Hamas terrorist attack on Israel. Uh, X responded with a letter that was long on pages, but short on numbers and direct acknowledgement of its stumbles. If you want to bring up that is the TechCrunch one, the TechCrunch one. Yeah. So, you know, Linda, Linda Yaccarino, who is the CEO of Twitter, but we all know that it's, it's, Elon Musk that's still running a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so she basically she responded and um, I think and, and then at the same time, well, let me just talk about the, 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 the X response. Uh, hold on. I just, can you read something from there? Yeah. I think it's uh, a letter signed by X CEO, Lindy Acarino yeah. notes that company has redistributed resources and refocused teams. Uh, the letter stays. In Yaccarino's words, high level, which means that it is light on specific numbers. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. So basically, basically, there are thousands of, of posts, new accounts are being created that are either pro Israel or pro Hamas. Um, it's it's a really ugly situation. Yeah. And it's, that, not, and that's it's going on. It's not what we've been seeing. Um, you know, it's not like what we've been seeing recently where, you know, you have a lot of AI generated content. It's just content used wrongly, inappropriately. Like they're using um, older videos, you know, in the past that shows, you know, altercations and violence before and yeah. trying to claim that it's happening now. Yeah. So it's a lot of like what they're saying, disinformation. It's right information that's being used wrongly. The the letter that was sent to uh, Mark Zuckerberg basically acknowledged areas where Meta's content moderation has improved, but raised concerns about misinformation, including deepfakes on the company's social platforms as the war continues. And this is a quote, in light of a number of serious recent developments, let me recall the precise obligations regarding content moderation under the EU Digital Service Act. Uh, This was uh, Thierry Britton from 
Breton from the EU. Firstly, following the terrorist attacks carried out by Hamas against Israel, we are seeing a surge of illegal content and disinformation being disseminated in the EU via certain platforms. I would ask you to be very vigilant to ensure strict compliance with the DSA rules. So they're just basically trying to make sure that these rules are enforced, um, which requires social companies like Meta to moderate and remove illegal and harmful content. The law was passed in 2022, which mandates that platforms operating in the UB uh, EU be more proactive in policing malicious material. It can levy fines of up to 6% of infringing companies' total revenue, enough to effectively serve as a stick against this, you know, against these, these big, big, big platforms. Um, and obviously, again, thanks, thanks, thanks Europe for at least trying to f- enforce this stuff a lot more. Yeah. You're not going to see that in the U.S. because everyone's going to usually hide behind freedom of speech and um, that and you're dealing of, with private companies and you're, yeah, and you're yeah. dealing with private companies. So, you know, there was another article in a fast company that talks about this is the first time I think we're seeing the results of what happened after Elon Musk took over Twitter. Um, And again, whether you're on the left or the right, him taking over for, you know, him buying the company and then dismantling a lot of the product, the the problems, you know, he, he dismantled a lot of the, the structures that he felt were angling stories in in one political direction versus the other. I mean, that's fair to say, right? Like, you know, there was a lot on the left that basically says, we're always about fighting hate. We're always fighting disinformation on the right. They were saying, yeah, because you're silencing voices on the right. Yeah. I'd say, I think he stopped the weaponization of Twitter by the left. Yes. And now, it's in this kind of, I don't know if you could call it like a limbo. It's kind of in limbo where anybody can kind of do everything on it. Yes. And again, he, you know, you know so he, def- he defends it as well. It's, this is the town square and everybody's going to have a voice and everyone has right. to, you know, everyone has a right to their own opinion and their own, you know, freedom of, of saying whatever they want to. The problem is, is that Twitter slash X has always been used as a breaking news source of information. Like when something is breaking, you go to Twitter to see what's going on. Yeah. And now if there's a flood of, of, you know, bad posts, disinformation, whatever, you can't, you can't trust this, you know, anything in the, in the, on the site anymore. It used to be that if it, you had that blue check mark verified that you could quote unquote, trust what was going on. But, he got rid of that. Now anybody can pay for a, a blue check mark. Whether, well, you still whether, have to be verified. I mean, you still have I don't, to show I don't an think ID. The verifi- I don't think the verification is as, as, as strict as it used to be. Um, the problem, again, is that if, if people are using this as a breaking news, that Twitter itself should be treated like a legitimate media organization. And they're not. They're, they're, they're falling under this. Well, we're just a platform. And... You know, if the if the New York Times ran a Twitter like service, if the Washington Post or the Wall Street Journal or any of these other news sites started operating a Twitter like thing where anybody could go on and post anything, you know that they would be held responsible for the content that's on it because those are our news sites, right? Yeah. Hold on, let's take a look at I this. I think that's the big that's a bigger yeah. pro that's the bigger problem. Yeah. Let's just take a quick detour here. How to get the blue check mark yeah. on X? Da, 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 we all know what the blue check mark means. The account well, has what an it used to mean versus what it might mean now. Right. Hold on. Let me just enlarge this. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is currently on the X Help Center, so I'm I'm assuming this is up to date. 
right? Let's assume. Um, so if you have a blue check mark, means that the account has an active subscription to X Premium and meets our eligibility requirements. Uh, da, 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 verify. Okay, let's go down to eligibility criteria. Only accounts actively subscribed to X Premium are eligible to receive the blue check mark. Our team uses eligibility criteria on when the check mark is given to ensure we maintain the integrity. Yada yada yada. Complete. So they have a list down here, and it says complete. Your account must have a display name, profile photo. Okay, that's criteria one. Criteria two, active use. Your account must be in active in the past 30 days to subscribe to X Premium. Security, your account must have a confirmed phone number. Just a confirmed phone number, okay. Non-deceptive, your account must have no recent changes to your profile photo, display name, username. Your account must have no signs of being misleading or deceptive. Your account must have no signs of engaging in platform manipulation and spam. Okay. Um, okay, so maybe no ID, maybe no right form of kind of like a state or government issued identity um here's 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 the criticism that that this was in a fast company article um they quoted matt walsh who is the head of the school of journalism media and culture at cardiff university in the uk quote for the past 15 years twitter's great strength for journalists was the ability to hear from people directly involved in news stories it made the news gathering process finding and verifying sources during a breaking story much more straightforward um and who quoted that? This is this was Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh, okay. Who Daily is, Wire. Who's, who's a uh, yep. no, no, not Daily Wire. The he's he's the head of Matt Walsh. Uh, it's a different Matt Walsh. Oh, it's a different Matt Walsh. Yes. Oh, geez. He's at Cardiff University in the UK. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, the old blue tick system provided real benefits for the average user. Quote, this was because the algorithm would promote journalists work who had a vested interest in producing trusted and reliable stories. And if they highlighted useful Twitter accounts, user could follow primary sources themselves. It wasn't without problems, but the benefits outweigh the disadvantages. But Elon Musk's changes to that have permanently altered for the worse what verification means. Despite Musk's professed intention to promote citizen journalism, the war in the Middle East has demonstrated the weakness of his approach. Accounts with blue ticks are now incentivized to produce viral disinformation and propaganda to maximize engagement and thus increase payments from X. So, and then the other, the other thing was that Elon then removed headlines from links. Uh, this was a couple of weeks ago yeah. and that's only added to the problem. According to this article, uh, destroying the headlines will make the platform more opaque and less useful for the purpose that many people use it. So I understand why Elon Musk was doing some of the things he was doing to try to get people on the platform and have a more open and fair and balanced and, and all this other stuff. But then, you know, he, he got rid of a lot of the verification team members that tried to verify whether these things were real or fake you know, see, that was part of the, the big decimation of, of the staff. Then they changed the you know thing where they, you can't have headlines anymore. And then this, this blue check system. So um, either, either get rid of the whole platform, which I wouldn't be, uh, you know, too upset with if they completely got rid of Twitter. Um, and then because that would force people to go back to legitimate news sites to try to get the information. And right. again, you can, you can pick whichever one you want or read a, a variety of different uh, accounts. I would probably go just to the BBC, to be honest. I mean, they, they seem to be a little bit better than some of the American media sites. Right. Uh, you know, but, or if you, if you, or, or at least have them see themselves as a legitimate, not legitimate, <laughs> as a real news platform for breaking news. 
I mean, it, it got to the point where I don't even follow any of that stuff on Twitter for breaking news because I know that a most of it might be fake, and right. b eyewitness report eyewitness reports to a lot of breaking news is usually either motivated in one direction or another, or it's or it's not it's not true. Right. You know, if there's an if there's a shooter situation, for example, a lot of the information that comes out is usually not true, and you have to wait for verifiable yeah. sources and. I mean, I official sources on a lot of these I, things. I don't really know how X is or Twitter, whatever, because yeah. I obviously I don't I don't use Twitter. I don't have an account. But you would think that, and again, we went through the verification requirements here, and it's like I'm looking at it right now. And again, I'm just going to assume this is up to date because it is on the help.twitter.com account. Like you would think that they would reinstate photo ID if that's how. Th- they were verifying you in the past. Right. But you were also, in order to be verified in the past, you also had to be important enough and have enough followers, I think, to... You had to have a large to, enough following. Okay. You had to have a, a, a good following. I, you know, my but then previous, there's the issue of bots. I, I had 5,000 or 6,000 followers on my original Twitter account, but I never got verified. Like, I just was never seen as important enough. This was when I was writing my column for Network World. And, yeah. you know, we got on board pretty pretty early. And, and just, we never, I never got verified, even though I tried. And, you know, they, they just had too many other people that were more important than me on the platform. But now I can. I can go and, and, and apply. And I'm as long as I'm paying that, that fee and doing the other things that they're asking me to do. So now everybody can feel important. Right. But, but you, how, you know, but me saying something, I mean... You're going to trust me as a source? I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a video studio and, you know, outside of Boston. Right. I, I think this is a good opportunity for um, independent sources, independent journalisms, uh, outlets. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just don't. So, but again, you know, if someone's screaming at the top of their lungs, how, how can you verify that what they're saying is true? If they said if they if they're saying something, well, they're going to have to prove their sources. Yeah, well, they're going to have to prove their sources. There's a lot of unnamed sources that get through on, on legitimate media sites. I mean, that's that's part of the problem, too. Like, yeah. And I guess one other, I don't know, telltale of um, factual information is, you know, you, you probably have to just cross check. Be like, all right, if, if this is true, then other outlets should be picking up the same information. And, and, you know and that's, I mean? there, yes, there was an article about this. And again, this was from a WTOP news. It's probably picked up from somewhere else. But they did a, uh, a post that says how to, how to spot fake posts in media as you follow the, the, the war. Um, and a lot of these, these tips are generally common sense tips. Um, basically, the first piece of advice was, uh, to see if this story exists on other websites, you know, yeah. go to Google, go to Google News, see if if other sites are writing about it. And the more like f- legitimate the site is in terms of have you recognized this site before or is it a, a spam bot type of, of site that does it? There's a lot of those fake sites out there. If you see the story on a legitimate news site, it's probably more legitimate than 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 not. Um because with pictures, uh, recommends downloading, download the image in question, then uploading them to Google or a site called TinEye to do a reverse you, image yeah, search. Yeah, you can do a reverse image search. You can yeah. do that with Google. You yeah. can do that with Google. But like this, the reason why I say, you know, I think now is a good time to kind of lean more on um, independent journalism, ju- journalists or journalism, whatever you want to call or it. Or at least at least ones um, that acknowledge that they're trying to be objective in you their have coverage. To be, they have to be, because like, here's the thing. If you're an independent journalist, 
you have a lot to lose. If you're wrong, if yeah. you if you post something wrong, that could be it. You're done. Yeah. People aren't going to trust you anymore. But if you're a large outlet like, you know, MSNBC, CBS, Fox, CNN, all, all the big ones, oh, just, just post a, an apology post or a, a correction. No big deal. That's it. Yeah. So I, I think if, if you're an independent, you, you you have to make sure that what you put out there is right. It's accurate. I mean, you, you have to be. What, what, what do you think of should should Twitter just be put out of business? Should they? I mean, it should just like, be identified as a social media platform. Not, but what, not, but uh, what does that mean? Just well, a, a, so okay. So instead of instead of shutting it down, you think it would be better if we just ignored it as a news source or as a news platform? Like if a breaking news happens. Don't go to Twitter. Don't go to Threads. Don't go to your Instagram. Go somewhere else. Yeah, to find yeah. to find I, the information. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it the. The, pro- the problem is, is that there's a generation of people out there that use Twitter as yeah. a news source. They, you know, they've abandoned newspapers. They've avan- they've abandoned watching TV news. They've abandoned news magazines. All of these other legitimate things that that happened before social media. My kids, for example, get all of their news from from Instagram feeds and the algorithm, and probably TikTok as well. It's yeah, but I know it, it's it lacks so much context. I know, uh, I know. It's because that, again, short in, it, short attention spans. They've got all these other things. They don't want to sit and watch a news report for five minutes. They, I mean, that's proven uh, here. Nobody wants. You know, we don't have a lot of viewers. Thank you for the viewers that are watching this. Yeah, I, I don't know how people could use. I mean, even just Twitter. How could you like? What aren't? I mean, okay, so you can link articles and you can link stuff on Twitter, right? Yes, you can. But but then there's always this assumption that the the news you're posting is has got a, a point of view to it or an angle to it. If mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not in. The, I'm not in the business. I don't. I don't have enough time to basically take a news story and go, here's an article that's this side, that this, it's this perspective. Here's an article for the, it's usually articles that you agree with and you want to share with your, with your followers. It's like, oh yes, I support, you know, if I, if I post a link, it's like, I agree with whatever this, this article is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't think Twitter should be used as an, as a news source or as it a news should. platform. I mean, I, and, and unfortunately I'm in the minority, I think. Yeah, probably. And same for me. Like I wouldn't use it as, but well, so the thing is, is people like if something's breaking, I think you were, you were saying it like they're using it as breaking news. Cause like if something's breaking, they're probably going to post it on their Twitter account because you know, clicks and views, right? If yeah. It's breaking. It's going to bring in the eyeballs. So I, I think people just have to look past that like, okay. and just try to verify it, verify it. Find other sources that are posting the same thing and, you know, use your brain. Like people have to just think. Don't just follow something blindly, right? Like do do your due diligence, look it up, see if it's true. And like, you know, you know what I mean? I'm trying to I'm trying to think of another example of 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 how social media and breaking news doesn't work. And the one I could think of was, do you remember the, the Boston Marathon yeah. bombings? Yeah. Uh, and that was, what, 2015? Uh, I'm going to have to look that up. It was a while ago. It was when I first started here at, yeah. at IDG. And I remember... What year was it then? It was like the end of 2014. Okay. So, and, and that actually happened, that event, the, the 
explosions. Yeah. Right? The bomb bombing that happened at the, uh, at the, the bottom of the, our building. Yeah. The finish building. line. Right. You, you weren't off, there though, were you? I wasn't there yeah. when it happened, but when I was there doing a shoot, yeah, I was like, Oh, what's that? All that, what's all that construction noise? And yeah. they're like, oh, you didn't know the the, the bombing happened like right. happened at the base of the our right. office building. So I was like, oh wow, I, I didn't know that. But anyways, so so when that story broke, there was a you know obviously people with with Twitter were on and and talking about things, but then they didn't find the the bombers for about a week. I think there was a yeah. there was a big investigation, but then everybody on Twitter and even Reddit at the time. You know, everyone was on and everyone suddenly became uh, a police detective. And there was there was all of these things like, oh, I found this photo or or, there was a photo here. And we think this, you know, here's all the photos from the crowd. And and everyone started becoming junior detectives and trying to figure out. And even the New York Post, I think, misidentified people as potential bombers that weren't. Yeah, Um, there were some people that that were that were accused of being the bombers that weren't. Um, and in the end, you know, and in the end, they did find, you know, the FBI found footage and were able to then publicize who they were. And they eventually caught these these two guys. Um, but that was it was bothersome to me because I was sitting there on Reddit reading all this stuff. And it was like, stop trying to be the police and stop mm-hmm. trying to solve these crimes. And so I just realized that you can't use social media as a, as a news platform if you're looking for information. And God forbid anything should happen to me or to you in a in a situation where we have to rely on true information to get us to either safety or something like that, because um, Twitter is not the answer, and neither is Threads. It's not against it's not against Elon Musk. It's this platform should only be used to share. Wait, Threads. Three, whatever. Well, that's the other alternative. Wait, I that's mean, still a thing? Yeah, I guess for, oh, wow. for some people that really don't like using Jeez. Twitter. So okay. maybe maybe my rant is just stay away from social media. Well, just for uh, for my, the purpose of, of news. I guess my mes- message would be just use your brain. Yeah. Just use th- think about sense. it. Use common sense. Do your due diligence. If something looks fishy, if it doesn't make sense, then just look it up. Yeah. Do, do some more research. Do a little bit, you know. Anyways. All right. So I want to move on. And this is another social media platform that we've covered on the site before, TikTok. Um, going on, like as we speak, uh, by the time this publishes on YouTube, I think it may have already, there may have be, there might be a decision on this. But today, uh, TikTok is looking to persuade a federal judge to block Montana's ban of the social media app. They've already sued them. They sued them in May after the governor signed a bill, uh, basically outlawing the video sharing platform. Um, TikTok says that it violates the First Amendment, among some other things, uh, but. TikTok is now requesting a preliminary injunction to stop the ban, uh, which will go into effect at the start of the year. And so uh, arguments were expected today uh, to see whether the, uh, an injunction would be uh, granted. And I, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because by the time people watch this, the, the decision may have already been made. But yeah. um, what's, what's interesting to me on this, on this front was TikTok has done pretty well at, at not getting it banned in the U.S. I mean, there have been some certain states that have tried to limit it to government buildings or government-owned right. devices. I, I know there were some colleges that that tried this, but it never it never got to the level of a statewide ban except for Montana. And then 
you know, they had all these big TikTok hearings with Congress, but that not went, those went nowhere. Yeah, what but happened? It's all political grandstanding. It was all just like, oh, I support this, and we're all, or, you know, and then they're like, all right, show's yeah, but, over. But you're right, it, it, did, it did kind of disappear the same thing in as the, the ether. Yeah, same like, thing with the Ticketmaster stuff. That's still, none of that was ever settled. Because didn't they, they had a hearing with, um, it, was it the CEO or? It was the CEO of the U, of the, cool, of the U.S. <laughs> yeah, in quotes, the U.S., version of tiktok yeah and it's like bite dance man i thought i thought that guy kind of dug themselves a pretty deep grave there with his performance in, in that hearing i guess it doesn't matter i mean there were yeah. there was a couple there was a story a few weeks ago that we didn't talk on the show because we've had a lot of guests recently so we haven't we haven't done one of these you know chat about the news things but there was a report from the wall street journal that said uh employees of tiktok were concerned because the parent company in China promoted a bunch of executives and moved them over from China into the U S. So now some of these people that were working in China are now TikTok executives. And so there was concern by the, uh, the rank and file employees like, you know, doesn't this send the wrong message of actually being controlled? I think most people agree would, if you ask most people, you'd be like, yeah, TikTok is controlled by the Chinese. Right. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like I don't, I don't think anybody buys this argument that they're an independent company. Which, which again, I, I'm surprised that there hasn't been more bans or there's more any more talk about it. I mean, maybe this is all just again political grandstanding, and it doesn't really matter. And all of these concerns from, like, from like, parents I, and other things, like, it just doesn't matter, guys. Well, like here, here's the other thing. It's like I know we're all now currently we're all focused around Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that about um, you know having you know disinformation on the account but if any if if anybody's been following the events that have been happening in israel i i think uh, one of the former leaders of of the terrorist group or something like that they were saying like yeah we're gonna post this type of content i'm gonna try to keep pg you know we're gonna we're gonna post this type of content all across tiktok yeah and all the other social media platforms and it's like no one's talking about TikTok and if they're going to ban that or not, you know, take that content down. It's just everything, everything's around X and Facebook. It's like, yeah, I know we, we know Facebook is run by this big guy called Mark Zuckerberg. We know, uh, you know, bad man, Elon Musk runs Twitter, but it's like, well, what about TikTok? Right. Which is do, where, do something about TikTok. which is where a lot of younger people are, yeah. are on. Right. <laughs> I know it's, it's called lobbying, Chris. It's called, they've yeah. probably got a lot of lobbyists that send, spend a lot of money. Maybe we have to look to Europe again and say, like, you know, are they, are they contacting the, the TikTok people? Right. And again, a, a lot of TikTok is run by algorithms. So, so are all these other companies. Oh, everything. Too. Everything on the internet is run by algorithm these days. I mean, that's, I think that's just how it works. It's just, it's just, I, I, yeah. Don't have a lot of other things to say about it until we find out what the judge actually rules about. Uh, all right, moving on to another story. Uh, this is our AI segment. Hey, woo, AI. The RIAA, the Recording Industry Association of America, uh, wants AI voice cloning sites on the government piracy watch list. Um, basically, they are considering 
AI voice cloning a potential copyright infringement threat and wants the government to include it in its piracy watchdog list. In a submission to the U.S. Trade Representative, the RIAA asked the government to include the category of AI voice cloning in its annual list of entities that reportedly promote piracy or counterfeiting. Mm-hmm. Um, this also includes sites such as WeChat, AliExpress, and the Pirate Bay. Um, for, for those of you that are interested in <laughs> those sites that steal information or steal music and songs and videos and things like that. Uh, the RIA called out only one company in the space, voiceify.ai, which provides voice models of famous music artists such as uh, Ariana Grande, Taylor Swift, Kanye West. Uh, the organization believes the website lets users rip YouTube videos and copy an acapella track before using an AI voice model to modify it. Uh, quote, this unauthorized activity infringes copyright as well as infringing the sound recording artist's right to publicity. Um, basically, a lot of this uh, blew up over the last year because of uh, a song that used AI versions of Drake and The Weeknd's voices went viral in April, uh, which then raised significant questions about its copyright status. Even though YouTube took down the video um, after a uh, letter from Drake's music label, the copyright call was not for the unauthorized use of drake's or the weekend's voices but for a music sample so they 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 dropped it or they banned it because of a loophole they weren't necessarily talking about the ai voice but then you know since then there's been a other bunch of companies that have sprung up uh and some of these are actively marketing now their services towards musicians or podcasters i think spotify is looking to use the thing that can clone famous podcaster voices for whatever purposes they want uh boy it's it's a runaway train it's a runaway train right now ai i think it's going yeah yeah it's a runaway train it 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 really has been i mean even in the last few weeks uh there's been articles around uh celebrity deep fakes that have been popping up tom hanks had to go on instagram and said hey there's a fake uh there's a fake tom hanks out there promoting a dental ad company yeah yeah um i know i saw mr beast he's the most popular streamer on youtube he got deep faked even even at the same time while he's working with meta so he's working with meta and they created a fake mr beast but they call him zach like this whole ai personality stuff but then someone produced a a a mr beast deep fake video that says hey click here and i'll give you 100 bucks or i'll give you the free iphone 15 uh and then it turns out to be some kind of scammy you know link or website and then, of course, all the comments were like, well, if you're stupid enough to fall for that, then you deserve it. Like, right. But guys, you're not seeing the bigger issue right. of these I, things. I'm seeing it more as a security issue, if anything. Like, sure. For, forget like copying a musician's lyrics and, and music, you know, the melody and stuff. I think there's a lot of uh, protections to fight against copyrighted material mm-hmm. um, because whatever they they use on the internet automatically detects it and can flag it and take it down. But when it comes to, you know, like your privacy, things that are, you know, driven by security, um, that, I think that's the bigger issue. Right. I think there was this article in the wall street journal. This, um, journalist was trying to test to see if her AI voice could bypass the, um, biometric security yep. on a bank account. Yep. Um, and this is all done by phone. So let's say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to access my account right. via phone. It's going to ask for your name, your full name. 
And when they do that, it's trying to recognize your voice to see if you're actually the correct person trying to access your account. Right. And she ran the AI voice thing in place of her own voice, and it it no, it recognized it. And then she tried it with someone else trying to imitate her voice, and it couldn't get through. Right. It was going to ask for further information, like the numbers on the back of your credit card, right, which that's the biometric system working. Yep. But if you use AI and to, you know, have it generate and copy your voice, it passes it. I want to say about about 15-ish years ago, uh, I was the reviews editor at, at Network World, and biometrics were just coming out. And we did a review of, we, we tried to find as many uh, biometric-based authentication systems that um, companies could use to secure sites or secure you know locations and data um and this included voice and it included facial recognition and she tried to fool it with a mask like she made a mask of her face or she Mm. the 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 tester uh and some of those worked some of those didn't the feeling was was your voice was one of those things that is so unique it could never be replicated your face was one of those things that you could never replicate. Those two categories of biometrics, you know, they're out the window now with AI. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that iris scanning is probably still safe. Fingerprint recognition is probably still safe. But who knows? Who knows what AI could try to duplicate in the future um, for those types of biometrics? If, if you're in those businesses with, with voice, for example, if you've... If you, you know, 10 years ago installed these systems, yeah. you got to look for something else. And, and, and again, you're probably doing a multi-factor authentication of some of this stuff. But right. um, again, yeah, I, I think that the deep fakes are running away. And um, back to the RIAA story, it, it does feel like, again, they're protecting their artists and would rather just ban it outright than try to work through it. Or Mm -hmm. at some point they'll end up with licensing agreements so that you could clone a voice, but some of the money or all of the money gets sent. Well, not all of it, but some of it gets sent to the original artist and maybe that would make them happy. Who knows? It, it, It does feel like it's an organization that's trying to protect its old technology or its old yeah, it's it's hard market. to tell. It's hard to tell, but and 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 it also shows that this is going to get litigated. It's it's all going to end up in the courts about whether or not this is you yeah. can copyright an AI voice, just yeah. like like what's going on with the image. Like they said right now, you an a an image produced by an AI is not subject to copyright. But have they determined whether it's infringement? Right. What do you do? What do you do? Who has the answer? It's it's still the Wild West, man. It's still, it is. It's, you know, we've covered this for the last year. And, you know, we think that it's that because there's so many tools out there now that it's mainstream, but we're still early days and, and, and there's going to be lawsuits and, you know, some it's going to be uphill, downhill, yeah, all I, that other stuff. I think I think the issue is, is that I don't think anybody knows how to deal with this. What do you do? Again, that question, what do you do? You know? I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I enjoy using the AI drawing tools such as Mid Journey because 
Um, it's fun to come up with some goofy images or if we use them for thumbnails for the video, I've used it for some reports for my kids in school. Like they've needed to produce some artwork. So I've allowed them to like, they didn't have to, the, it was, it was using artwork to enhance another part of the assignment. So it wasn't used to, it's not like it was an art assignment to draw something. Mm -hmm. It was more of like, Hey, do a report. And then we added these AI images to make the report look better. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Instead of using clip art or, um, stock images from, you know, a generic site, sometimes it, just makes sense to just use these AI tools. So, mm -hmm. but again, I, you know, these are bigger issues that will be solved at some point. And we'll have more opinions on that as well. Uh, let's jump to the last story that, that again, I'm trying to going to end this on a lighter note. Um, there was a story, a couple of stories this week about a uh, physicist at the university of Portsmouth in the UK. Uh, his name is Melvin Vopson. He's an associate professor in physics basically is now claiming that we may be characters in an advanced virtual world, uh, which really is basically the plot of the matrix. Basically. And that somewhere, you know, everybody that's you, me, we're all just digital simulations. But now he's, he says that he's got physics behind it. He claims that the physical behavior of information in our universe resembles the process of a computer deleting or compressing code, a clue perhaps that the machines hope we don't notice. Professor Vobson has already warned of an impending information catastrophe when we run out of energy to sustain huge amounts of digital information. Uh, quote, my studies point to a bizarre and interesting possibility that we don't live in an objective reality and that the entire universe might just be a super advanced virtual reality simulation. Last year, the academic who is from Romania established a new law of physics called the Second Law of Information Dynamics to explain how information behaves. His law establishes that the entropy or disorder in a system of information decreases rather than increases. Um, this actually came as a surprise because the, it's the opposite of the Second Law of Thermodynamics, which was established in the 1850s, the, which explains why we can't unscramble an egg or why a glass cannot unbreak itself. Uh, as it turns out, the second law of infodynamics explains the behavior of information in a way that the old law cannot. Uh, it gets into some really weird science stuff at that point. And basically, there's that, that quote right before you see the picture of bald Neo. I don't know if you can see that chart there. Yeah, right there. So yeah. as the universe expands, entropy increases according to as time goes on. And this is the second law of thermodynamics. Um, so... Uh, this is not the first time that people have brought this up. Obviously, the success of The Matrix um, proves that it's an interesting concept. Uh, you are skeptical. <laughs> I'm a little oh, skeptical, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, well, so I watched some of his video. Um, so if anyone, a, if anyone is watching the simulation from another planet or another dimension, I'm just going to wave to them. Right. Just to say hello. Yeah. So I watched some of his video. Um, it was a video interview. You can see it here. Yeah. Um, but basically, as what you've noted and what you just said, uh, that the data amount that we're storing on our planet is exponentially getting more. Yeah. Right. Increasing. Yes. Increasing. But I'm like, 
I'm pretty sure we already do this, but don't we compress data that has been created years and years and years ago? And I think YouTube does that right. with their own video content that you've created. At some point, doesn't the ago. data just get deleted? Um, no. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking directly about YouTube. I, I know that if you've produced a video, let's say five years ago, I, I, I know it gets compressed further mm -hmm. to then be archived, something like that. Like you can still view and access the video, but I think the compression rate gets higher. I don't know. <laughs> I, I read somewhere that it does that because you can't, I mean, think about it. How many terabytes or petabytes is YouTube getting from videos? Yeah. A lot. An insane amount. I, I mean, I can look it up in a second, but you, there has to be a way to, over time, compress that because you can't sustain that right. much information. Would you? Would you rather live in a in a again? If you had the choice, would you rather live in a simulation, or would you rather live in a world where it's a simulation where we're all different? You know, we're in this big simulation, or would you rather be? Uh, something like the Truman Show, where you're just you're the main character in a show that is being watched by other people, whether it's aliens or or someone else somewhere else. No, I'd rather be in reality. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be in reality. But if you didn't have a choice, no, no if you didn't have, if a, choice, didn't have like, a choice, if you had a choice between whether we're in a simulation in a video game type of scenario, or would you rather be in a Truman Show type situation? Because we all believe that we're the stars of our own movie, right? And that you're just you're just an NPC in my world, and I'm just an NPC in your world. And then it gets, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'd rather be in a, in a Truman Show, I guess. Where you, I where know. yeah. So at some point in the universe, there's maybe a door that will bring us to the quote unquote real world, but we haven't discovered it yet. Right, right. Um, all right, let me look at this real quick. Most estimates conclude that YouTube has at least one exabyte of storage space in its data centers. So one exabyte is, here, let me count zeros here, one million terabytes? Right. That's a lot. Like that, that's a lot, a lot. Damn. It's one of those things where, you know, you get a physicist who, and he's and he gives you then a whole bunch of charts and, and graphs and information. And at that point, my interest just goes, well, all right. There was some skepticism from this guy. I think it's in the story here somewhere. Um, where some of the people were like, yeah, this guy's goofy. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think if you're going to make that claim, you should have some hard, hard, hard proof. You know, it's, it's kind of like, Flat earthers. Well, it's so, like we can prove that the earth isn't flat. So the simulation theory is not unique to this professor. In fact, it's popular among a number of well-known figures, including Tesla founder Elon Musk. It comes within a branch of science known as information physics, which suggests that physical reality is fundamentally made up of bits of information. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that there was some stuff in where... where People were like, yeah, there were some skeptics here. So maybe we are, and maybe this, maybe we're just a glitching right now in this world. I, yeah, in, maybe, in, maybe, in this video. maybe glitches are war. Maybe <laughs> that's what a glitch is. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, and you brought us back to the original dark <laughs> timeline. Of Full circle. Warrior. I'd rather live in a multiverse, to be honest. I, I, I would rather like to think that there's a parallel version of me uh, who has more views on YouTube than I currently have. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that, that version of Keith might be a little bit happier. And he's probably got a better haircut. And it's not a purple sweatshirt. It's probably I, red right now. Probably. Probably. Or yeah. I'm wearing the black hoodie. Um, I just, you know, this is my Roaring Zero, which I bought from Timu, which is a Chinese e-commerce site, which uh, may take Amazon out of business or Uh-oh. will steal all my data. Uh-oh. Or both. Um, Timo, uh, just for your, your information, Chris, because I know you haven't been there yet, is a site that um, offers really inexpensive items if you're willing to wait a few weeks to get it. So I see this this sweatshirt hoodie, I think, was only about 12 bucks. Now it's cheap. Yeah. Um, the material's not that great, but it's got a picture of Roar Zorro on it. And this actually says Roar Zorro. I checked with Google Translate. So. I, w- I wonder if they paid for the licensing of the image. Probably not. It's probably a knockoff. It's probably. So I'm, I'm contributing. So I'm contributing to the problems that I railed against, or at least the, you know, the copyright people are probably not very happy about it, but it's purple. Yeah, so stands out. That's how I'm going to end the show this week. Good to see you, Chris. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. We'll catch up uh, some other news. Hopefully, it's happier tech news at some point. Hopefully. All right, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, add any comments you have below. We do read all of the comments, so thank you for that. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.